Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm BJ. Why are you a vampire? I don't know. I just am this week. I don't know. Vlad. BJ. BJ. It's that kind of morning. Okay, cool. Uh, well, my vampire friend and I are here. Uh, and actually, I guess we should call this uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 FM because uh, we're taking a short break from all the Dragon Quest y talk uh, to focus on Xenoblade 3 this week. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that we kind of do from time to time when a big JRPG comes out that we really like to nerd out about. And it's been a while. I think the last one we did was like Tales of Arise, uh, which was around like last September. I can't yeah, remember. It's been a while. Yeah, we don't do them very often. It's kind of like a once one time a year. There's usually like a big JRPG we're like excited about and want to talk about. And I'm actually kind of amazed we didn't do one uh, as much as you love Scarlet Nexus and have talked about how great it is that uh, I'd like to hear more about it. So maybe that one's coming. I need Scarlet to subscribe Nexus. to our Patreon uh-huh. and uh, I need to subscribe to our Patreon and request it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, do that. You subscribe to the Patreon and request it and I'll do that episode for you. I actually don't think it'll let me subscribe to our Patreon uh, being, you know, having the account that does it. Maybe I have a different account. I'll do it. I'll subscribe. Yeah, cool. This week's episode, though, we should mention, this is kind of first impressions. We're going to do a spoiler cast, but neither one of us has beaten it yet because it's a long game for those of you who may not realize. It's It's a long game. And if you're not aware, the Xeno games in general are known for being super long and super in depth. Yeah, you get it. You play a Xeno game and and you you go in expecting a 100 hour game. And sometimes you get a little less and sometimes you get a little more. But uh, like you don't I I don't buy a Xeno game and think like, oh, this is a game I'm going to get through in 30 hours. (laughs) No, no. If you get through a Xeno game in 30 hours, I don't think you saw a good quarter of the game uh, because I could see it getting through it like in maybe 50 hours. If you're like just doing main story skipping and not all the focusing scenes. on anything. Yeah. Skipping as many of the cutscenes as you can. Cause you can't even skip all of them. You can in three or I haven't no, found any that, that I can't skip in three. I haven't, I couldn't I haven't found that I could skip the uh, big cinematic ones. Like I could skip a lot of the ones that are just dialogue where they have the bubbles, but the ones that are uh, like actual, like cinematic, yeah. I think I haven't, it never gives me the option to, yeah, I you, don't, but I never just, saw the option to. Yeah. Just hold down the X button and he'll skip anything. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize have, that you could skip those. And if you tap the, uh, if you tap the right or sorry, the left analog stick it'll show up the option there where it's like hold x to skip that was that's why i, I never saw because it like it never popped up that. for those or maybe i maybe i just didn't bump it right or i don't know i thought i couldn't on those so hey you can skip them if you want to but then why are you playing a xeno game yeah anyway this episode though because it's first impressions we're going to keep it as spoiler free as possible and we're also only going to focus on the first like three-ish chapters uh because uh, it, you know the game's been out for a month exactly a month uh, from the day we're recording mm. this. So we thought, you know, most people have probably played through the first three chapters of, of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I think the first three chapters took me around 20 to 25 hours to get through. And yeah, I probably. Was, and I was like trying to fill up every corner of the map. Like uh, when you were down, I was telling you about this, but so much of my playtime is just, I'm very OCD about this in video games. Like I, I legitimately cannot have a good time unless the map is filled out. And so in these video games where you have to fill it out yourself, like in Xenoblade 
Chronicles 3, I'll just run around like the outer perimeters until I know like where the where the limits are in a map. And then I'll run back through and start filling in the middle parts of a zone until the whole yep. map is, is filled out. And so because of that, you know, 25 hours, but it's probably skewed because I spent so much time just doing that kind of stuff. Uh, side quests, the heroes quests, things like that. Uh, that you can do. So I think yeah. you can probably get through chapter three a lot faster if you're not like me and trying mm-hmm. to just fill up like these massive uh, areas of the map uh, as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't do that. Like I explore as much of the areas as I can, but I don't have to have the map itself like filled in. Like I don't have to have it visually filled in, though I do end up uh wanting it to i do end up wanting it to to happen like i want to see all of it but i don't care if it has like fog on it in some places Mm, i gotcha i actually had to let that go because in chapter five no spoilers here but in chapter five the map gets really really huge yeah reasons that we'll talk about later on uh when we're doing more of a spoiler cast but uh, the map gets really, really huge, and it was my like my by and far my least favorite part of this entire game, and probably yeah. the Zeno game I've ever had to deal with. And uh, I was just like, you know what? Screw this! I'm not going to worry about the map. I just need to get out of here. Oh wow! And, yeah, and uh, and so I did. But other than that, I've tried to fill it in, and now I'm currently at the end of chapter six. There's chap there's seven chapters total in this game, and I'm at the end of chapter six, and I'm still. Uh, once I got into chapter six, I started going back and filling out the map again. So first three chapters, early impressions. How do you feel about the game? So my, it's weird. I feel, I feel weird about this one and I really like the game. I think that I was, I should not have looked at even headlines about from reviews and stuff that called it a masterpiece going in. Because I know that this is how I approach Xeno games. And I always have that uh, I love Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Like from the beginning, I loved it. I had to start Xenoblade Chronicles 1 like three or four times before it clicked enough for me to be able to get through it and enjoy it and really realize, you know, get that world and the characters and care about it. Um, 3 is kind of that way. Like I feel... uh, Three feels a lot more like Xenoblade Chronicles one than uh, than it does with two. At least up to the first three chapters I'm in, I'm probably you know a good quarter of the way halfway through chapter four right now, and it feels a lot more like one with like I don't even I don't know references to to two or like just feelings tone. like where it feels like two. Yeah, the and, story, the tone. Yeah, the, of the story is very tone. Weird. Yeah, that's it. Like the tone starts like sneaking in and. uh like I like it, but it's like I've played since Xeno Gears. Like it was my favorite PS1 RPG by far. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Xeno Saga games and everything like that. And it's always taken me just a little bit to get into them. But I feel like three is even though I I feel like starting out, it's trying too hard to feel like a Xeno game too early on, if that makes sense. Like, because it's the last one in the trilogy finishing out this story, I feel like it didn't spend enough time fleshing out the world and but diving into the Xeno uh, kind of uh, elements of it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's kind of was my impression, too, where I 
I, you know, I've played most of this game at this point. I don't think I don't think it's a masterpiece. I know people are going to get mad at me about this game, but I don't think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's half as good as people make it out to be. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles Two is one of my like top, probably all time favorite. Like, yeah, probably like top three video games ever. It's probably like it's Dragon, amazing. Dragon Quest Eleven, Final Fantasy Nine, and Xenoblade Chronicles Two are probably like my top three favorite video games ever. Like I love Two. Yeah, like and, it's it is it really is a masterpiece. And if you haven't played it, like you don't have to play these in order. So if you've not played it, go play Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Like it is one of the best JRPGs out there. And I've tried I've tried to look at three like on its own, but it's hard because of how good two was. And right. the thing with two is like that I really admired about it is it had so much the, the cast was so great. It was it was hilarious. It was a really funny game. It was. It, it took these really serious moments, but threw in pl- lots and lots of absurdity. And I mean, it was just so much fun. And this game, right from the get go, is just so much more serious. And even even the jokes are very much more grounded uh, for the most part than any of the others. Um, there's like you know there were countless like kind of silly jokes in Xenoblade Chronicles too. And I feel like I had to get into like chapter six maybe when there's a joke about like long hair when you're using a latrine like Mm -hmm. i I felt like i had to get to chapter six where there was like an actual joke where i was like that's kind of funny but even then like compared to the humor in two it's like nothing and so for me it's really hard because i'm trying to look at three without that but just as a series you know like i i love all the xeno games you know like I, I rave about the Xenosaga games on PS2 all the time because uh, for me, I feel about the Xenosaga games the way you feel about Xeno Gears, you know. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, we probably played them around the same age for each other, given their release dates. So I was playing Xeno Gears like I'm, I bought it like when it was brand new, and that was probably the way that you on PS1. Yeah. And given our age difference, it was probably right at the same time in your life that you played Xenosaga's release on PS2. Yeah, maybe so. I think I was like 14 when the yeah. first Xenosaga game came out. Yeah, so I was like 14 or 15. I think, what was Xenosaga? 97, or Xenogears, 97, 98? Something like that, probably, yeah. Uh, so I was I was 15-ish. Yeah. I'm looking it up now. To yeah, see I it. was in, I can't remember if I was in 8th or ninth grade when the first Xenosaga game came out. But I was like 14, I was, 15, somewhere like that. I had just turned 15. It came out in February 98, and so I, I just turned 15. Oh, no, excuse me. October 98 in the U.S., that was the uh, Japanese release date. I certainly did not play it in Japanese. (laughs) Yeah, so so for me, it's like it's really hard because of how much I love the Xeno games. And I will say Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is probably my least favorite uh, Xeno game by a pretty a pretty wide margin. And it's just because the story, the story beats, the the systems that are in it, like none of them are as good as the systems or story beats or characters in other Xeno games. And it's like, there's always for everything that Xenoblade Chronicles three does well, it's just like, I liked it better in other Xeno games. And like, you know, I I was even telling you, like when you were down here and I was still in those early portions, so much of it, it's just like, I've seen this already. Like, like the, you know, you're on the run and you're marked mm-hmm. as Ouroboros. Like, that's just straight up Final Fantasy 13's plot of getting marked as a Lassie and being a fugitive. Like, it's the same thing. Um, the consoles and stuff with their heavy armor are just the Judge Magisters from Final Fantasy 12. The, you know, Affinity stuff is straight from the Torna DLC, which was some, some, 
which I would have said was my least favorite Xenoblade thing until yeah. until I mean, this. Like, there's just there's so I much. I think stuff it is like it's still my least favorite. The like, interlinks, like, you know, you've seen already. I think you you nailed uh, right on the head of what it is that bugs me more about it is it doesn't have the humor of two. And that was at least early on, like there's still humor in it, like you said, um, but it was it took the tone of one, which was not nearly as lighthearted uh, whenever you started out playing it as two was. And so I think that may have been part of the reason I couldn't get into into one as much early on. And it focused on the affinity system and the community building system, which is by far the worst part about Torna. Like, I do not understand why that got stuck in there and latched on to, like, maybe there are people who like it that we don't know, that we don't talk to, that are not kind of in our, our sphere uh, and circle of friends. But I don't know anybody who likes that in, in Torna. Yeah, well, and even, so it's just real weird. Even one, you know, you had Ricky, who kind of served as comedic uh, yeah. like comic relief. And then... And in Xenoblade Chronicles three, for the most part, it's Riku. You you have Riku, the yeah. and Riku. I don't know what happened with Riku. Like the the Nopons in the other Xenoblade games are all like meh meh, we're silly. And then Riku sounds like Barry White, and he's all like, <laughs> "You must do this, Noah. I love you it. Must go and like I, that's the thing I, I love it. about him is because like he's it. so different. And I'm I, I hear him talk, and I'm like, hey, he's got a weird voice for a Nopon. And then like, you have uh, Manana, not- who's who's all meh 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 meh. And I like it. I actually like that part. Yeah, I don't. It's like, but but it's a good indicator of how serious Xenoblade 3 is trying to be compared to other games uh, in the series where it's like, even like, you, you know, you had, uh, you had Tora who was in, in two, who, you know, was, was a major source of comic relief. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made his own little like sex robot named Poppy. who was like, going to like help you fight. It, and it was like this huge, like comedic scene. It was like an ongoing thing. You have Ricky, uh, you know, who, who, wasn't as comedic as Tora, but was still like uh, it was still funny and still had some comic relief in those moments. And then you have Riku, who is just like, "This is an important sword, Noah. You must go on a journey." It's just like, settle down, little little dude. Like, give me some laughs. I want it's, some. Uh, I need some humor. And, and like, okay, so so his class that br- he brings him. Once you actually get to control him later on in the story, uh, which I don't think is even a spoiler because you get to control Nopon and other. Xenoblade they showed games. it. They showed uh, it in in previews before the game ever released. So no. Okay, not. so I don't I don't even feel bad about that. Like I didn't yeah. even notice that part because it was just one of those things. Like yeah, you can play as the Nopon, you can the other two, and like it's called the the what is it, the Yum Master the Yum. Yum Meister, maybe, and I'm like, they're trying to 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 make sure that he is has a little bit of it, a little bit of that feeling. But it is it is weird with him, and like I'm kind of waiting on something to to happen in his story that that makes him more serious. I don't know. Maybe it was his master who gave him the super strong his master pond. Yeah, his master pond. Yeah, they start. They have started. That is going to come up later. And so I no no spoilers, but it will come. It will come back. Like, I do like this game and I think I like it better than you do. And like, I know uh, mentioning the classes, like I know you and I, neither one like the overall class system, the way that it's set up, not being able to have every character just, you know, go into the classes that they have to 
play beside them. Even if you've got them maxed out, sometimes you have to, and you want to switch to something else. You can't because you're having to basically unlock it for other characters by having it in your party as you go through battles. And I don't particularly like that either, but I do like the designs for the uh, classes and I like the, the way that they look and the uh, I actually like the way you unlock them for the most part uh, with the hero quests, because it gives you a little bit of just extra side content, which uh, doesn't necessarily have to happen in Xeno games, but I like uh, that it's based around a character and a story that can, you know, add in, but I love the designs for these classes. Like I'm, I'm glad that we get more than just the, the sword, uh, sword guy who attacks from behind um it feels kind of like the uh, blades in xenoblade chronicles 2 where they all have their own little personal personalities and uh quirks that's kind of the way the classes are to me it feels like uh like i'm unlocking blades only without the gotcha element which i actually think i prefer to this though yeah i i definitely prefer the blade system from two to this uh you know i love job systems in video games and I think the job system, the problem with the class system in uh, in three here is really a problem, not necessarily a problem, but it's just an issue, let's call it, with any Xeno game, which is that every Xeno game tends to take fairly simple ideas and then overly complicate it in like pretty much every aspect. Mm. And that's the problem with the class system here is that it's like you do the hero's quest, which some of them, I've done, I've done all of them except for there's two in the main story, like the optional uh, ones, the, the ones you get through the story, all that. Yeah. Not all of them, but two. I assume I will unlock those either here at the end of chapter six or in chapter seven. And then I know there's at least two that you unlock after beating the game. Okay. Uh, but in terms of the ones that it actually shows up in the menu for you now, I've unlocked all of them, including like half of them are optional. So I've done all these mm-hmm. um, wow. to kind of get a feel for them. And my problem really is, is that you, you do all of these. Some of the heroes quests are... They're interesting on, on various degrees. Some of them I found myself kind of skipping through some of the cutscenes, some mm. of the mindless chatter because I didn't care. Um, and then some of them I found were like really good. And I was like, why isn't this a part of the main story? Yeah. Once you unlock them, you know, you don't get them for every character. And the way you have to unlock them for their characters is, you know, you have to put that person in your party, yep. the hero that you unlock, the person that it is unlocked with needs to be assigned to that class. And then you have to get CP gain. And I found out because I've, I've got reached a point in the game for the last like 10 hours where just none of these classes are unlocking. And I've like maxed out classes on all the other characters. But yeah. the ones that I've unlocked are not unlocking on any of my characters. And so it's been really frustrating for me. And I found out that it's because, uh, and Xenoblade, the game does not tell you this, but apparently if you are too overleveled, uh, it limits your CP. And so oh. when you're fighting stuff through the story and all, you're not getting CP the way you would if you were not overleveled. Oh so you're goodness. not unlocking any of the classes. So you can hit a wall, which is what I've done, which means it's virtually impossible to unlock any of these classes. And so I'm just like, this is a bad system. That's um, bad. Yeah, you're not even getting any CP to be able to do it. Because I didn't even think about it being through CP. I thought about it being just time and number of battles you were in. Like, like I really like Gray, who is just a complete like Vincent from FF7 knockoff. Like, yeah, from I'm gonna go to get him dual, like real soon. His dual wielding pistols, like everybody, everything about him is just he's Vincent. I, like, I, I liked him, and I can't get him on any other characters despite keeping him in my party. And it's because where I'm at right now in the main story, it's like a lot of the enemies are like level 49 to like 50, 53, maybe on the high end. And all of my people are level like 64, 65. 
And it's because of how much exploring and, you know, extra side content I've done in this game. Um, it just, you know, naturally happens if you're not sticking with the main story and trying to do everything like I am. And so it's just like, I'm, I can't unlock any of these classes because I'm fighting enemies and I'm getting like three CP <laughs> yeah. instead, of, instead of the CP that I need. And it's just, it's really frustrating. And it really is, um, as much as I love class systems in video games, this is one of the rare things where I'm just kind of like, this needed to either not be in here or they needed to do it in a much better way. Like it's a very, yeah. it's a heavily flawed system. And, and I don't want, I don't want people listening to just think we're completely dumping on this game. Cause it's not that I, it's not that I hate the game. It's just that like, I feel like everybody is like, oh, this is a five out of five, you know, masterpiece. And I'm like, it's, it's like a 2.53 out of five for me. Like it's like, mm. it's a good, it's a good game, but it's like, it's not great. I th- think it's by far the weakest of any of them. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't. Um, and it's not even one of those things where I think it's a case of getting overhyped, you know, like I've played plenty of overhyped games and still enjoyed them. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, um, it's objectively not as good. And I feel like maybe, maybe some, at least some of the people who are really hyping this game at five out of five are just kind of caught up in the hype of it being a new Xenoblade game right now, which is understandable. We we all do it. (laughs) And I think that, uh, And I think us having played it more before doing an impressions episode has kind of also skewed that we didn't do it immediately uh, through the hype when we first got excited playing a new Xeno game. And it's like, okay, so the reality of this game has set in. And for me, I think it's about a three out of five right now Uh, where I am. I would give it, you know, three out of five. And and yeah, you know, 2.53 is is a good like right there uh, where it's not just average, but it's right above it. Uh, so if I couldn't break it down, it'd still be a three out of five. And I do think that some of the, you know, this is a masterpiece. This is, you know, people who are hyped up may not have played any of the other Xeno games. They may have gotten review copies of this. And because it is a fantastic game on its own, like in, in isolation, this would be a really awesome game to play through. Having played through all of the other Xeno games though, this one feels like it's a letdown, uh, gameplay wise in a lot of ways and that it's trying too hard story wise yeah yeah i I agree with that i do want to say that even though like i have these complaints there there are some moments you know that i really enjoy i really like the i I do think the areas are too big that was a big selling point uh, for the games they're like they're even bigger than two and my initial thought when i heard that was like well i thought twos were big enough we're, if we're, not we're, too big they're real big like i hated traversing sometimes and and several of the zones in three are far too big than they have any right to be and i get it it's monolith soft that's like their whole shtick but i have very much enjoyed exploring like some of the some of the best moments i've had in this game are just where I've ignored the main story for like 10 hours and just gone off on my own, gone rogue and like, <laughs> and like tried to uncover places of the map. And like, I'll find a zone where the enemies well early in the game here, you know, the first three chapters yeah. where I'd find a zone where the enemies were like 10, 20 levels above me. And I would be like hugging the walls, trying to yep. fit, like fill in the map and just see how far into this like high level zone I could get before something killed me. And it was just like so much fun. I've had a lot of fun doing that. Um, some of the standard quests, I, I started skipping those eventually because the standard quests are just very, uh, are, feel a lot more like just your standard like fetch quests that you find in video yeah, games. But the heroes quests, I've really, you know, like I said, I've done all of those and enjoyed 
enjoyed enjoyed all of them uh, to you know more or le- more or less. One of the most recent ones I did uh, was there's like a pirate uh, hero that you unlock. Uh, who I okay. won't give I won't give spoilers for, but it was kind of a fun one. Um, and unlocking him, you get a cool ability called Soul Hack that I haven't had as much time to experiment with yet. But I think it's kind of like a blue mage type class. Right. Uh, if you played a file, any Final Fantasy games, it's kind of like a blue mage, which I'm really excited about, and I want to try it out more. Unfortunately, the character that you have to start out playing it is his lands, and uh, I have him on a pretty cool. Uh, like tanking class right now that I want to keep him on. So I haven't got to use yeah. the, the soul hack abilities yet. Um, but there's, there's a lot of cool stuff in this game and it's kind of, and it's also kind of hard to judge because we haven't finished it. And I feel like in just about every Xeno games, a lot of times it's the best moments are saved toward like the end where you're either, where you're yes. like heartbroken and then you're filled with joy and all of this stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's coming in three because I feel like every time I get to a big moment in three, even some of the moments where people were like, Oh yeah, you're going to love this man because they know I love Xeno games. Right. I get to it. And I'm just like, eh, like I saw this coming <laughs> or like, I, or it just doesn't, I, I don't feel like it has the emotional weight. And I think part of that might just be that like a lot of the characters aren't, don't really gel with me. Like there's different quirks and things I like about most of them, except for Tyon. Tyon sucks. I don't know why Tyon is in this game. I waffle on Tyon. Every time That's I see Tyon like fan art on Twitter and people going crazy over Tyon, I'm just like, this dude is terrible. He's so boring. Like I just I hate his personality. <laughs> I hate everything about Tyon. I wish he wasn't in the game. I mean, I think that he I like him. I like him as a as a character, but I agree with you what you and I were talking about initially, like like per, uh, in person. That there, why in the world they focus chapter three primarily on him? I don't understand. He is the least interesting and the least compelling, and I know they're trying to give him more humanity early on so that you you re- he resonates with you. But he's also very dry and dull. He and is, yeah, like, and even I like him fine after that stuff. Like I don't dislike him like I did at the very beginning, which is why they do it. I understand from a narrative standpoint, but I also don't like him though. Like uh, I, I, I don't want him in particular to be my like main character. I never run around with Tyon as my main character in the world. I hate this character. He's a character archetype that exists in a lot of JRPGs. Uh, speaking of Scarlet Nexus, there's also one of those in Scarlet Nexus. <laughs> uh, his name is Shiden. But they always give them kind of like shaggy hair and glasses. And they always have that same personality that Tyon does and that Shiden yeah. has. Uh, there was one in, was it SMT5? Um, it's, it, that was like, you know. I never played, I played uh, SMT5, SMT5 actually, which is strange because uh, I was looking so forward to it and it came out at just the wrong time for me. There's there's several games, you know, like JRPGs will have this character archetype where it's like the, he, he has glasses and he's kind of snotty to the protagonist, to the male yeah. protagonist, and just kind of has like this really dry sense of humor. And I just hate that character archetype. And they always look the same. And I get it. It's like it's like a it's like a, a trope, you know. Right. You give this baggy yeah. haired dude with glasses who is like a little punk, and you, you put him in a video game as kind of like a foil character. And I just I don't like it. And and I, I don't like Shiden is my least favorite character. He's the only character in Scarlet Nexus I don't like. Just like Tyon is the only character in Xenoblade Chronicles Three that I don't like. I just don't like mm. that kind of character. 
two, there's like this weird, uh, like even from the get-go, there's like this weird hint of romance between him and Uni, which I feel like is the biggest mismatch since like Ron and Hermione got together, where it just kind of like, you start seeing it happen and you're like, really? <laughs> that guy? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, that, one, that one I liked. I liked that one a lot better in the books, though. Like, it felt more natural in the books than it ever did in the films. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can see it. I can see that. Not, maybe not even Ron and Hermione. Maybe like Harry and Jenny. It's the biggest mismatch since Harry and Jenny, which is like, really? Where it just fe- seems kind of forced, I guess. Where it's like, romance. <laughs> hey, look, mm-hmm. it's romance. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, you know, it happens in, in video games, you know, in, in any kind of fiction a lot of times because it, it's one of those things now where, like, if you don't address... Uh, like a character's sexuality at some point it's seen as being lazy so it has to kind of be like look they like girls <laughs> or or look right. they like boys you know and it's like just one of those things where it's like do we do we really have to do this and it's just one of those things that i kind of get tired of seeing from time to time where it's like like i think that's one thing that they did well in dq11 see oh look we ended up talking about Dragon <laughs> after all. but i think they i think they did it well in dq11 with with jade and the luminary where it's right. like, see, romance doesn't have to exist between these two characters. And and I get yeah. it, you know, later on in 11S, they were added as like, you know, you can marry them. But even then, it's more just kind of like your buddies, you know, where it's like. Yeah. And like, I think I think I liked that about DQ11. That, that was handled where it wasn't just like everybody in the party has to be hooking up with someone else in the party. Yeah. It's just like, it's OK for it's OK for these uh characters to just be friends like they don't have to fall in love or anything like that yeah and um it's a so i like that i like when games can handle that um not to say that i don't i mean i like romance fine like i think the the mio and noah stuff in xenoblade 3 is some of my favorite stuff like anytime the story turns to the two of them and especially in later like the lat the later half of the game when it really starts driving that stuff home more right it's beautiful it's very well done Again, I'll talk about that more when we do our spoiler uh, cast. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of the stuff that I really like about Xenoblade 3, if it seems like I'm being negative, a lot of the stuff I like about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 happened later on. So this first right. episode we're doing here sounds negative just because I didn't really like the earlier portions. I didn't really like the first three chapters very much, but I pressed on because I knew it was a Xenoblade game and it's like a 100-hour mm-hmm. game. So I'm like, don't judge the first like fifth of the game. And then... I didn't really, there's the last half of chapter five or like middle portions of chapter five were like the worst part of the game for me. But is, is that not, not even to say, say spoilers. uh Is that the prison part you keep telling me to get to? Yes. Okay. That's Moonbrook. If you've ever heard, I haven't gotten there yet, but I know that for our listeners, like you have texted me so much about the prison part and wanting to share your misery in it that I know it has to be like Moonbrook and DQ Builders too. It where is. it's that, one of really, those that's just really, really either obnoxious and, and to get through boring, dull, dry, why is this here? Like, that's the vibe I get from this area from you. Yes, it is. Moonbrook, calling it Moonbrook and Builders 2 is a very, very good um, comparison. And I can't wait to talk about it next week. I don't want to spoil it for you or for anybody, but um, just everyone, you included, know that I've squirreled away a really good rant <laughs> about my least favorite part in Xenoblade 3. And I think, and the worst part of it is, is that the stuff leading up to it was so good. And then the stuff after it was so good. And then they just put this padding, this unnecessary padding 
between the good parts. And it just made it so much worse because it was like, I didn't want to do any of it. And it was just like, um, like stop dragging your feet. Right. Move along with the story. Let's get to the good stuff. And I still, it was just some weird choices made uh, all around in terms of, of story and pacing at this part of the game. Um, so that's kind of everyone's tease for next <laughs> yeah. week. Um, but I do have a lot of good things to say about it. I'm just saving it for our spoiler cast. So if you're listening to this episode and just and are mad at all the negative things I've been saying, it's because I'm saving the good stuff that I liked about it because so much of the good stuff I like about it has to do with the story. And right. I don't want to spoil that yet. I want to save that for when we do our spoiler cast. Yeah, the uh, the the stuff that they've done in the story, like like that, I can see tying bits and pieces into from one and two, and how they're tying things together, uh, seem really interesting to me. Like I'm really engaged. There have been story moments where I'm like, yeah, I, I, the reason I've kept playing it as much as I have, uh, I just haven't had time this week really with stuff going on is because of the story and being like, oh yeah, this is really cool. I want to know how this works out as an overall narrative for the world, not so much individual character stories. Also, like speaking of character stories, does Noah remind you of Noctis from Final Fantasy XV? Because I just get Noctis vibes all over this dude. No, no, Noah, I actually like Noah as a protagonist. Noah and Mio both I really enjoy as characters. Um, a lot of the, uh, the side characters I don't like too much. Yeah, I, I would like Uni more if after every battle she wasn't like, you hear that, Noah? That's what something media. There's I'm that like, one, and I'm the girl with the gall. Yeah, that uh, that Senna does that a yeah. bunch. Like those are the two I get the most. Is, Lance, uh, Lance is like, I'm the real MVP, and I'm just like, but that's the thing about Xenoblade games is they do that to characters where it's yes. so obnoxious that it becomes endearing, and then you quote it, it, it for is. the rest of your like, life. It's Ryan time. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like Lance is Ryan. We're saying it's Ryan time like 10 years later. We're still saying it's Ryan time. And I mean, it it does become endearing. It's obnoxious. And every time I hear it, I'm kind of like, oh, my God, again. But at the same time, uh, I just keep hearing in my head like, man, it'd be funny if one of them just went, it's Ryan time. Like there was like a 1% chance after a battle to hear that. Like I would I would I would pay for this game all over again if I could have one of these characters uh, just like know about Ryan and and yell it's Ryan time. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't remember anything else that they said in Xenoblade One. I don't, I don't either. Like I that's the one I remember. It's like it's Ryan time, and I'm like, I hate you, Ryan. And then now I'm just <laughs> like, it's Ryan time, and like I want it. So yeah. it's, it's it's like Stockholm syndrome. It's like eventually <laughs> this is going to become something that we care about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, Noah, I think is more active. Like Noctis is very much Hamlet. He's that whiny prince who, yeah. doesn't, who doesn't act for a very long time. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, FF15 is just Hamlet. And, um, and, but Noah is, is much more proactive and takes charge and stuff. And it very much feels like a leader to me. Yeah. Um, where he's not, um, he's not just whiny prince boy the way like Hamlet and Noctis are. Um, we'll talk spoilers and more things we like uh, for spoiler cast, but. Uh, we just wanted to kind of focus on our initial impressions here. Uh, and I think, again, I think it's just because there's a lot of issues, especially early on uh, with the story. Right. It's just kind of the pacing. Some of the pacing fills off. Um, and I felt that way about one, to be honest, where one took me a little while to get into. Yeah, very um, much. And so so it's not like it's 
uh, it's not like this is an atypical situation for a Xenoblade game. Um, it's definitely happened before. I just I think it's because of how much I and you both love two that coming off yeah. of two, it's like it's really hard to uh, it, it's hard to love this one as much because of how much we love two. And I'm kind oh, of boy. honestly, I'm a little scared. That's how I'm going to be about Dragon Quest twelve because I love eleven so much. Yeah, <laughs> that when DQ twelve comes out, I'm going to be so you hyped just... for it, and then so I'm going to be playing the game and be like, oh, but Dragon Quest eleven did this better. Maybe I'm, I'm just going to make sure that before DQ twelve comes out and you play it, that the last game that you've played immediately before that is DQ eight. That uh, you play through it and then you get into twelve, and no matter what happens, you're going to like it better. Maybe, or maybe it'll be like DQ7. I'll end up liking DQ8 on my second playthrough. I just, I haven't been able to bring myself to play DQ8 again. Like, I, I, I think you should. Like, that should be one of your goals, like, uh, this year or early next. Like, as you're working through these games, because I know you have a lot on your on your plate with uh, reviews for work. Yeah. I think you, I want to know what a second playthrough of 8 would be like for you. Like, yeah. if it was like 7. All right. Maybe. No promises, but I'll 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 try. <laughs> like January next and January, you, when there's like nothing around to play. And listeners, if you would like to tell Austin that he needs to play DQ8 again, you can do so at Patreon.com/slash DragonQuestFM and tell them tell us that that's the episode that you want us to to make. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Uh, like BJ said, you can find us at Patreon.com/slash DragonQuestFM. You can also yell at us on Twitter. Uh, at Dragon Quest <laughs> FM. Uh, if you want to yell at me for my terrible Xenoblade 3 takes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dragon Quaston. And uh, I'm always available for yelling at, at Professor Beach. I'm always on Discord at discord.geek2geekmedia.com. And if you want us to know about other, uh, talk about other JRPGs, again, patreon.com slash Dragon Quest FM. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>